0: Thank you for joining us for Friends and Followers, a podcast brought to you by the Seton Shrine, where stories of those who were inspired by Mother Seton's life and mission are shared. It is our hope that you might find inspiration as well and a deeper understanding about who Elizabeth Ann Seton is. And you can subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes. We hope that you enjoyed them.
1: Thank you. Back for part two.
0: Part two, uh, Dr. Bishop Bailey right um so the whole first part we just kind of covered you know him as a, as a, as a dog yeah growing up becoming a doctor certain family dynamics right. um his status within the social light and traveling right. to europe and back right and now we're getting to the part where that i'm excited about so
1: yeah
0: I guess i kept telling me i'm like okay are we going to talk about the relationship now and she's like what relationship brings you know because <laughs> he does have other relationships and stuff like that but i'm really focusing on elizabeth's relationship so that's why i keep asking me so where are we picking up
1: now? so we're picking up when he comes back from england so he left because of the doctor's riots right. kind of clear the air he's gone for a year and a half almost two years um in that time you know he does have another son of his own in that time but he comes back to his first two daughters mary and elizabeth are now older they're more mature i mean elizabeth is 16. so um in that time um, girls were looking to marriage at that point they're definitely much more mature i think um and we do and, know
0: that william Mickey Seaton in that course
1: right around the corner right Right. And this is the time when she didn't feel that she had a home. And usually in the past, when her father would go to England and come back, she would, wherever she was living, she would move back home with him. Um, That doesn't happen this time because I'm not sure he knows where he's going to live. You know, his marriage is pretty much over. Um, He is um, given the position, I think, uh, shortly thereafter of the first health official, in new york city he has gotten them to agree to build a hospital on staten island as well as a home for him Mm -hmm. so he's kind of like waiting for that to be finished um he's fully focused
0: on infectious disease at this
1: time right well he is as always has a lot of you know balls in the air i guess we could say you know he he also works with um the city on starting to provide health care for the poor um i don't know anything more than that whether it was free health care or what but he was that was important to him to start showing that to people and and i think him and elizabeth were starting to spend more time together i think he his family at that point was elizabeth and mary and mary's newly married so she's kind of starting her life and so it's elizabeth that he's spending a lot of his time with um you know he's still very interested in her education, what she's reading. As we talked about before, um, her journals. She's starting to um, you see a variety of different writers, a variety of different political people that she's copying some of their work, and that all came from her father. I think yeah. they're having really good conversations, so it's at a different, different kind of level. And
0: she and she writes about this, like she wrote a right. letter friend of hers, like how. She's finding herself spending more time than she ever had growing up. Right. Sitting at the table when she has her commonplace book, he has his. And she's basically making an effort to try to receive her father's approval.
1: And yeah, and I think this is an interesting time for Elizabeth because um, she is wanting, still wanting, that relationship with her father. And now she has him all to herself, essentially. Um, But then he does have other things going on in his life, like his his marriage is ending, and and he asks Mary and Elizabeth to really not have anything to do with um, Charlotte, um, his wife. I'm not sure if they ever officially divorced. I'm not sure if people did then. I think they just started living separately. Separately. So he
0: was seeing another woman, too.
1: Well, that's never been confirmed, (laughs) but it's kind of there. (laughs) An affair, but um, right. you have an affair. So yeah, there's this woman, Mary Finch, which I think we spoke a little bit about in the first one um, who has left her husband um, in the Bahamas, I think um, somewhere, Jamaica, the Bahamas, and um, has come to live in New York city. And somehow she gets into his world and she is there for the important events of the family. I mean, when Elizabeth has, um, anna maria and william she's the one standing next to her father at the christening um so it's very clear that his marriage is is over what is the situation with this woman i don't know um even when william and elizabeth are starting to go through bankruptcy and they move out of um is it stone street and then they go to state street or the way around she's the one that moves out of the house on state street which provides a home for them, so she kind of feels that that Mary Finch did that for them. But Elizabeth is stuck; she's in a really difficult position here because, um, you she, know,
0: she does still have some sort of relationship with her stepmother, right?
1: She does like a little bit, even though her, her, her father out. has asked her not to. But what's interesting yeah. is, so she has a new younger brother in like seventeen eighty nine or something, um, and then there's another baby born. Six years later, um, a little girl by Charlotte. So he obviously, even though he said he was shunning his wife and wasn't going to have anything to do with her, obviously he still had some sort of relationship with her. Um, but they named the baby Mary Finch Bailey. So they named it after this woman. Um, so Elizabeth is, like, really having a hard time with all this, I yeah. think. Um, I mean, I would imagine that she would be a woman. Yeah, and she writes about it, that even though this woman, and she, she keeps referring to her as a much older woman, which by my estimate, she's like 40. And I'm like, that's not making sense to me. I think a 40 year old woman is still very viable, but, um, so, but, you know, she's torn because she wants this relationship with her father. She's mm-hmm. finally getting it. Yeah. He's finally giving her all that attention, but some of the things he's doing are wrong. Yeah. And, and I think as a child, she blamed everything on Charlotte, like Charlotte's making me leave the home and, and all of that. And I think now she's starting to think maybe it wasn't all Charlotte. Yeah. And, and what does that mean? I mean, what does it look like? We don't really know like what kind of person we spoke about before that we think he was a very all business kind of person, not that really super affectionate kind of person. So, um,
0: I am curious, though, if because now, you know, Elizabeth is now married, you know, her father seems to be stable, he's around, he's working in the city, Um, she eventually even lived with him, like he's over all the time, you know, Um, but I'm kind of wondering because Elizabeth is now married, she also has that matured understanding that marriage is a marriage. You right. out of that, you know. Like right, the children are not the marriage, so what happens between husband and wife stays right there, you know. Um, the kids do not get involved, and I wonder if she kind of has that, like, oh, how have marriage because now she's married, and so it's her and William Mickey that's their marriage. Anna Maria is not, and William is not part of
1: their marriage, like that, you know, right? right and I think you're and right, and I think for most women, that probably would have been great, fine, that, the, you know, we read lots of people in history. But I think for Elizabeth, too, like, having that extra, I don't know, like, I think she felt a little guilty about being around Mary Finch, you know, and it bothered her. Um, but she still doesn't do anything about it. You well, know? No, because
0: she can't. It's right. not her
1: relationship. Right, right. So the only
0: thing that she can focus on is her own relationship with her father, with right. her dad, of which she done. She just, um, right, being at the table, writing the commonplace book. Right, and she even writes how she is observing her father with his grandchildren. Oh, yeah, and bouncing yeah. the baby on his knee. Right. And she so much envied that relationship, right, for herself, her whole life, right. But she instead is accepting the blessing that at least now he gets that, right, that kind of relationship, that kind of yeah, with his children, yeah, her children.
1: Yeah. And you see that um, even she writes her um, friend, Julia Scott, about her other friend, Eliza Sadler, coming back to New York. She'd been in Europe for a visit and she's coming because Elizabeth's younger sister, Emma, is marrying, I think, Eliza's brother or son or something. So she's like, this would have been such a happy occasion to see my friend Eliza. And now I'm like, I don't know what to do because she'll be invited to the wedding, of course, not just because she's Emma's sister, but because she's Eliza's friend. So she's feeling awkward about it, but she's happy to have that relationship with her father. She's happy to have that time with him without the interference of Charlotte.
0: Because he did kind of, when he and Charlotte really just stopped, he became the absent father once again to,
1: his children children right i mean elizabeth even asked about that like this house you're building on staten island is that going to be enough room for your seven younger children (laughs) that you have and he's like "Mm, no i'm not worried about that so yeah he kind of does become that that um, which is interesting because some of the a couple of the boys his sons become doctors Mm -hmm. um and, and one of his sons um is the father of james roosevelt bailey so um, he, um they're good people. They're educated people. And that's the thing also, I think, at least for me, I had this impression of Charlotte, like she was just this young, naive, kind of non-important person. But she was from the Roosevelt family. She was very wealthy in her own right. Um, And so I think even when they did separate, she still stayed in society, it seems like. I mean, her children were marrying into pretty substantial families. Yeah. So she didn't really go away. And... Elizabeth does help her years later uh, when her, and I believe it's Emma, are dying in 1805. It's Elizabeth that takes care of them. So um, at some point, Charlotte asks Elizabeth for that help. So I don't know if there was such a huge divide as we might think, but there was something there that we don't know. As we talked about before, her feeling like, and her and Mary having that conversation, that there, the times when they were growing up were so bad. We don't know what that means. Was it just arguing? I don't know what that means. Well, I
0: mean, when you're, again, your kids and you're trying to put together pieces of what you see and observe and hear, but you're just built as a child. Right. If I were saying, hey. I think in Elizabeth's marriage of that order? a marriage is a marriage between
1: two adults. Children right. are not involved in that marriage. Right. Um, and, and of course, he helps her. I mean, he delivers her son Richard, which was a very scary night. Elizabeth thought she was going to die. Yeah. Um, and she, that's why she names her son Richard after him because she said that he saved. The baby's life and her life. And she goes into this whole thought process of like, what would that have been like for him to have to have chosen one of us, you know, yeah. to save the baby or to save his daughter? Um, so she's, this is where she's also really starting to look at him, I think, um, as a doctor. And, um, and. <laughs>
0: Sorry, I'm again. <gonna> <laughs>
1: Okay, she's starting to look at him as a doctor and starting to think, "I like him." I think she's starting to realize, "I like him." I like how he cares for the poor. I like how close he is to his patients. Um, Um, She's starting to like appreciate the kind of doctor he is too, like wanting to give to the poor, wanting to help all of the immigrants that are coming from other countries. Um, He's really this compassionate doctor, and. Um, and the like the infectious diseases he doesn't like seeing people that sick. Mm-hmm. but I mean I still he was a great surgeon as well. Um, but well, do you think that is because she's an adult. She's married.
0: she's having children of her own. It's the same thing with my dad. You know, he wasn't in the Navy, he wasn't around when I was growing up, and then when he came in, he felt like he could just take charge, and I think I butted head with him because like, you know, who do you think you are, right. with all respect, but you haven't been with me while I was growing up, so now you're making the round rules and mm-hmm. saying this is how it's going to go, so I always struggle with that, and I think that even going into my adulthood, I kind of struggled a little bit with it, but he finally retired and he is completely devoted to the grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And I see a different side of him that is outside of him being my dad. I see him more as a person. I see him how other people see
1: him. Mm -hmm.
0: And I'm just in awe with it, you know? And I feel like it reestablishes for myself the relationship with my dad, but not so much in the context of what is supposed to be the perfect father figure more as Person, to right. person. I wonder an, if Elizabeth really saw that, okay. saw him through his work mm-hmm. of really what is the kind of person he is that people did gravitate towards. Right.
1: Him. And I think his work was his life, right? So I think him being able to do his work and then spend time with her and her children without the stress of having to take care of these children, I think was better for him. Um, We don't hear much about his relationship even with Mary. So it really seems to be Elizabeth that he clings to. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because between 1790, I think, um, and 1794, when she gets married, I think you see that gradual increase Mm -hmm. so that by the time she is married and and then things start changing for him and he's building this home Mm -hmm. um, on Staten Island, she decides to get out of the city and start spending summers with him. But it's a short time when you think about it because he dies in 1801. I'm going to say it's a very short time because
0: right when everything was going well and she's having a relationship she always longed for,
1: mm-hmm.
0: everybody seems to be happy,
1: mm-hmm. he gets yeah. sick. Right. And she really... Um, so appreciates those summers, I think. Like she yeah, read, didn't she
0: write like, a beautiful letter about what she observed? Isn't like, is she like standing at, standing at the window and she's looking down at the dock and seeing her father come home?
1: Yeah, so she, what she writes she I can't remember letters. What I mean to write. well, it's the way she mean, said it. It was
0: so eloquently um, and beautiful.
1: Oh well, I think I have that one. I have several of them. One oh. of them I have um, where she says, one evening Elizabeth delighted in the high spirits of her father show despite his labors. Bailey marveled at the different shades of the sun on the clover field before the door. He fed Kit, her daughter Catherine, Mm -hmm. from his spoon, demanding the child call him Papa before each bite. As the evening ended, he sang along while Elizabeth played the piano. Now, she does talk later, even when she was here, that when she would play the piano, it would remind her of her father. yeah i just found that out so i thought that was really kind of nice because we all have those moments especially when you've lost a parent where a a memory is triggered by something a smell or an event or something like Mm -hmm. that and it it just kind of comes back Mm -hmm. and it's kind of nice i mean it's it's sad when it first happens i'll tell you because you haven't lost your parents but it's Mm -hmm. it's sad when it first happens but then it almost brings comfort Mm -hmm. because you have that memory of them Um, a friend of mine's father, who has since passed away, said that that pain that you feel when someone dies in your heart is meant to be there so you never forget them. Aww. So I think it's kind of the same thing where she would have these these triggers of things that would remind her of her father because she writes about him a lot. I mean, years after her death, I mean, his death, even when she's here, mm-hmm. you know, about things that they're doing reminded her of her father. Mm-hmm. Um, so.
0: Thank you, buddy. You know, a father is is in a way a daughter's first love, right? You know, right. and it's a father's last love, right? I guess. Um, um cause he also kind of writes about the night that he he is facing death. Right. He's on the deathbed. She is by his side. Right. Um, and the way she wrote about it, I can't remember her words, but I remember at the time I was reading it, it was just it was just so beautiful. You know, um. Of, yeah i have a way to die you know to experience someone dying it seems yeah. like it was a she, experience um, for her.
1: she as you were saying she always would watch for her father to come up um, from the hospital from the docks when the ships were coming in um, and she notices that he's sitting on the bench and he has this like head in his hands and he's not feeling well yeah. and so he comes comes to the house And she does describe, she says, on the night of August 16th, he continued to struggle in extreme pain. Um, She realizes that her daughter Kit and Richard are both feeling warm. uh, And so they're also sick. Um, They're actually throwing up and stuff. So she says there was nothing to do but carry on. She placed Richard on a mattress at her feet. She nursed Kit. And she continued to hold her father's hand, counting his pulse, which was weakening. Um, As morning turned to afternoon, the children, frightening symptoms, melted away, but her father never rallied. So she writes her friend, um, Julia Scott, a few months later, and she said, as she recalled her father's death, Thy will be done. Oh, Julia, what a comfort and support those four little words are to my soul. I have repeated them. Um till They are softened by the sweet harmony. They recall the death, um, death, beth bed scene, sorry, of my own father, and I counted his dying pulses so long to that time. While repeating, I can imagine I still hold his hand. Surely in my last hour, my heart will lean on them. Aww. So, um, yeah, I mean, she's saying, like, even in her last hour, she'll look back at the memories. Of these people, which we know she does, right? Because she talks about a lot of them when she's dying, those last few hours of her life. Um, So it's very sweet. It's a very sweet kind of ending. It is. Um, I'm so glad that
0: she got the ending.
1: Yeah, and she had that time,
0: right? Like he ended up having that time that not a lot of people do get.
1: Right, and he had eight other children. None of them were there. Charlotte wasn't there. Like. He's with her and her children. Her husband's not even there. Like It was just her and her father. Um, So the description of him is found among her writings. Um, She said his voice was particularly adapted to cheer, the desponding, encouraging, the trembling sufferer who shrinks with fastidious delicacy from any of the remedies of the healing art. So this is where she's talking about her father and just remembering how he paid attention to each person yeah. like they were the only thing that mattered you know and we see that later like, on through a little bit right right yeah. right but it is interesting there were references people people have always tried to compare the two of them oh really which i think is interesting because we we don't know her mother So we've never, no one's ever written about what her mother was like. So it's always these things about her father. But we do see so much of her father in her, which we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. So there was a doctor that actually wrote a sister here um, for the Mother Seton Gill, which was a bulletin newsletter that was put out for years. Yeah, for her canonization. So this is like, what, 1940s? This one was written in 1939. 1939. Um, And he just said, I think that an understanding of Bailey has a bearing upon the career of Elizabeth and Bailey Seton Since there are obvious character traits that are similar to the two persons, so um, They say that um, they had um, the spirit of courage facing the new and making courageous and bold decisions a keenness of intellect that enabled the parent to make a rapid diagnosis served his daughter and the light capacity of her relations with others um, so they're just saying that they and then they talk about how much they um the adornment of his children which is interesting to me that they would show that comparison because we haven't seen that now he adored elizabeth mm-hmm. and he
0: adored his grandchildren
1: right but they can right so again maybe we don't have the whole story mm-hmm. know but what about his story though
0: in the medical world where where is his legacy at do you know
1: yeah i mean it's interesting when i started doing this research there's so many things that don't even mention elizabeth where we always felt like she was attached you know he was kind of attached to her the only reason we're mentioning him being a doctor is because we're talking about her which is is true in most cases but he's in all kinds of medical journals um there's Little videos that are made about his life. Um, so I think that there was a um, a doctor Thatcher that wrote a biography on him, and and he said his name must not be lost for the records of the American physicians and surgeons when his practice did so much at so early a period to bring their professional honorably before foreigners. So, um, yeah, he's very well known in the medical field, and especially for that early time period and what he was, was able to do. He died, we believe, of yellow fever um, for many reasons. They say that it was a um, ship that came that, that had either typhus or yellow fever and he had asked them to separate from their possessions and go to the hospital or whatever and they did not and so when he went to check on them they say that's how he came down with it this was another time when there was a a large outbreak of yellow fever in new york um in one summer alone 23 doctors um, lost their lives well
0: there was even i think later on I think like more west, where there was an Indian reservation and they all succumbed to some disease and it turns out it was a Blinkist. The Blinkist that was given to them right. was infected and that's how we wiped out the entire reservation, just over yeah. Right. that
1: so, was carrying
0: a disease. I forget what disease it was, but...
1: Yeah, so yeah. he, as we spoke about, he, he, was, onto he was on to he something. He started realizing, keeping things clean um, keeping them orderly you know was helpful um, I mean you see that a lot that um, for some reason what comes to mind is archives here when they get when they get things in from another place they don't all of a sudden mix them with other things because they could have you don't know what they carry right insects or something like that that can destroy the other artifacts that are here so um, you have to keep them separate um, I'm just kind of curious if
0: how those in the history world, you know, we preserve history, we look at people, we look at things, we look at events to better understand and to remember them. I'm wondering if people in the 21st century medical field take a minute to look back at all the doctors and all their work and how they were onto something, if not what they accomplished, and learn from them to keep the best practice possible. Yeah, I'm we curious so. <laughs> like, how many twenty first century doctor today, if said Dr. Richard Bailey, they're like, I know that
1: man. Does well, he have that
0: kind of staple?
1: Yeah, I don't know about across the country. I'm not sure. Maybe if you're studying something um like Columbia infectious problem. diseases or, or yellow fever or something. I do know when I called Columbia University, I started to say who he was. And they were like, "We know who he is." Oh, so I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah, I'm about that. Yeah, it is because I don't know. It just really shows again. It it what's the word? It it confirms where Elizabeth came from, like who she was. And yes, there's still some mysteries here, right? We don't know what Elizabeth meant when she said that the problems were so severe at, at home. Like, what does that mean? Um, but what we can tell is that she grew up and she came to understand that her father was not perfect and that there were, um, you know, he had, he had problems because of his makeup. Maybe that wasn't wrong, you know. Um, but she chose to focus on the good things about him. You know, being this loving father that she could now see, being this very well known doctor, very skilled doctor, but more than that, his relationship with his patients, with strangers, with anyone that needed help. It was almost like the charity Mm -hmm. from his heart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, wanted to take care. So I just wanted to leave with like one last thing because this was actually a few years before he died. But I think it it really sums up where her relationship had come. So she's writing a friend, Eliza Sadler, and she said, my father is health official of New York and runs down in his boat very often to see us. And when he meets me and little love, which was her daughter, Nina, he says there never was such a pair. That he, he sees no such cheerful welcome expression in any other eyes in the world. You may believe it, for there never was truer affection in any heart than in mine towards him. So I think that that she loved her father she did. with all of his flaws. You know, she chose to see the good in him, yeah. which was who she was. I mean. That's just who she was. I mean, anyone that did anything that other people might turn away, like even her stepmother, Charlotte, she's, she in 1805, when she has family members shunning her for becoming Catholic, she's nursing not only Charlotte, but her sister, Emma. Yeah. And she has five children.
0: I feel like we have to go into that story on a different episode. Yeah. So, I yeah. think that, again, I'm glad that we did Dr. Richard because it's, in a way, not only did we learn about him, but it took us a step closer to, again, understanding or realizing who the business student is right. as a person.
1: Right. I think that's what's so great about when you learn history, you can't just learn about the person, what's been written about the person. You, If you start looking at the people that they surrounded themselves with, you learn more about them. Well, until next
0: time, we'll learn about another person. Yes. To learn about them. <laughs> to learn about them.
1: Thank you for joining Thank us. Thank you.